You're listening to The Air Attack with BC the Man on HasBeenSports.com. I know What's up, guys? The Air Attack is brought to you by Fable Label, combining the timeless popularity of the T-shirt with modern, innovative designs, allowing you to stand out from the crowd today. If you're not a fan of Fable Label, trust me, you soon will be. In fact, I'm wearing Fable Label right now. So can you check them out, fablelabel.com. Shout out to everybody at Has Been Sports down in Nashville. Like the show, facebook.com slash the air attack. Follow me on Twitter, BC, a.k.a. The Man. Uh, the show is obviously a little bit later this week. There was a little bit um, There was a little bit of fun had this past weekend down in Atlantic City. Now, listen, there was an incident. I said something on Twitter and Facebook. The incident had nothing to do with me. I got stuck down in AC an extra day because basically somebody, for lack of a better term, lost their wallet. I mean, literally lost their wallet. So driver's license, um, you know, bank cards. The social security card was even in there. It was really bad. So I didn't feel comfortable just leaving, you know, knowing that there might be a chance of getting it back. So I decided to go ahead and, and go for the next night. Um, and I just want to say a quick thank you to Danny Cardona, Brian Brennan, everybody down at the Borgata in Atlantic City. AC is an interesting place right now because a lot of places are closing up shop, but at the same time, the town is kind of trying to redefine itself. So where a lot of places are having a hard time, the Borgata really is not, and they do a great job. And I know that they treat a lot of people well. I'm not the only one. I get all that, but they you know, they could not have treated me any better. Me, my friends, everybody. Anybody who was with us got treated like gold down there. The food was great. We had a great time. Never left the property. No reason to. You don't have to. Just, there's no reason to. They got everything you could possibly want there. So we had a great time at the club on Sunday and Monday night. Uh, the B-Bar, watching football, doing all that kind of stuff. It was just a really good time. So thank you to that. Thank you for all the birthday wishes and all that happy horse shit. I'm sorry I didn't get back to all of you the way I probably should have, but, you know, things were a little bit uh, little bit hectic. Um, all right, let's make fun of a few of you before we get to uh, some of the sports stuff this week. Let's make fun of a few of you. First of all, it's National Cat Day, which makes me so happy. You know, between the hair, the indoor shit boxes that some of you people allow them to have because they're such majestic animals, and the overall lack of appreciation that cats have for the people that take care of them, I have no time for cats. I'm sorry. Even Cecil the Lion. I think it was stupid that the guy from Minnesota went out and killed the thing. I feel bad. But let's face it, that lion would have eaten any of us without even fucking thinking twice. And you people are all whimpering and crying. I think that thing would have cried. The thing would have used you as an appetizer for him and his friends. My God, stop it. I've dated a few different girls with cats in the house in the house where either it was their cat, their cats, they were watching their friends' cats, and it's just nothing but, to me, it's just it's nothing but drive me nuts. I dated a girl who had, for some reason, a little bell tied to the cat, and the cat would just run around at night and just basically just keep you awake all night for no reason. I mean, just for some reason, we have an animal in the house that just decides to run around and do whatever the hell it wants to do, and, you know, we're just going to let it. And I have no idea what value this serves. I dated a girl who would keep tinfoil on the couch so the cats wouldn't go on top of it. Like, that's the way to act. I've seen cats dip their disgusting paws into people's food and you know off their plates and shit on the floor and people are like listen gotta watch out for the cats I've heard that one too hey they're not even my cats I can't tell them what to do what the fuck in your own house no go home with hair all over your clothes no I don't think so but it's National Cat Day they're wonderful animals it's great and by the way that's the, that is the top thing trending on my Twitter today in New York National Cat Day never mind the fact that three years ago this was the day that Sandy hit land in New York City don't worry about all that there's still people trying to put their houses on stilts and get their lives back together, but that's okay. You take your cat out to a nice dinner tonight. Take him out for some seafood. Go ahead. 
If you got multiple cats, take the whole, the whole litter out. Go ahead. Dinner's on you. Buy him a nice little kitty cat sweater. Go ahead. See, some people, you know, this is kind of like, he's getting a little deep into it, but some people like to use their pets to control a house because that means that they control the house. And I'm sorry. I, I can't do that. I can't, I can't live my life, you know, as a second-class citizen to an animal, especially an animal that just doesn't, that, that, you know, that basically stinks up the house, does nothing for you, ruins your clothes and everything else. Please, I can't do it. It's a day for everything. Now, now cats have their own day. That's great. The other group of you is this. Those of you that are so in love with Halloween, okay, Halloween has now somehow, and I deal with this every year because my birthday is the end of October, so I had to somehow get around the holiday, Halloween celebrations. I'm just not into that anymore. I'm not into Halloween. I mean, as a kid, yeah, because there was candy. So if there's candy in it for me, yeah, I was into it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, but I just don't get the idea of being over the age of like, I don't know, 18, 16, and wanting to get dressed up. I'm sorry. If you're dating a girl who's got 50 bucks in her checking account, but she had $300 for a Halloween outfit, maybe she's not white material. I'm just saying. Okay, I don't care if her friends get together for a party every year in a tradition. I don't give a shit what her stupid fucking excuse is. Okay, trust me. Okay, before because if you ever marry her, her money is going to be your money. Your money is going to be her money. If that's how she's handling her own money, how do you think she's going to handle yours? Please. No, I'm sorry. You spend more time celebrating Halloween now. Halloween's become a two-weekend event. I can't get away from it. Halloween parties all during my birthday week. And we go down, we go down to AC. They're having a Halloween party on Monday. Now, I was still able to get in, but I was told initially, listen, there's no guest list. You can't do anything like that. I was able to take care of it. They, it, it was very easy. There was no problem. But, I mean, they were making a big, big deal about this kind of stuff. And the thing is, they gave you a Saturday this year. It's on Saturday. And you still have to celebrate over the course of two fucking weekends? You people spend more time celebrating Halloween than you celebrate Thanksgiving. You think there's nothing wrong with that? Oh, my God. Please. Look, we all know what it is. It's an excuse for the girls to dress slutty. The guys can dress up like superheroes or, you know, monsters or zombies, whatever makes them feel tough, and not like a dime a dozen clone for the rest of the night. I get all that. But, I mean, you need more than one night to do all that shit? Stop. I know the couples have to dress up in cute little matching outfits and everything like that, which is just one way for the girl to emasculate you guys and make you look like a piece of garbage in front of all your friends. Still, please. And by the way, the debates on the Halloween candy, the good and bad Halloween candies, I, I, it's interesting to hear what some people like and don't like. There's some people out there that think like Almond Joy or Mounds is a bad Halloween candy to get. I used to like stuff like that. I honestly think that if you're going to ask me the bad Halloween candies, the discussion begins and ends with good and plenty. That's that licorice version, black licorice version of Mike and Ike's. I used to think they sucked. And I mean, if you want to throw other things in it, like lifesavers, I always thought sucked, especially if you give like, you know, peppermint lifesavers. Jolly Ranchers, you can get into a little more. Jolly Ranchers ain't that, ain't that bad. Um, but like peppermint lifesavers, Mary Janes, those Goldenberg peanut chews, anything of that, of that nature. And if you're, listen, if you're giving out for Halloween in your neighborhood any kind of like salted snack, and you have you have the balls to throw out like you know little bags of like potato chips or pretzels or Chex Mix. You know what? God bless you next year. I mean, don't don't be surprised when you have toilet paper and eggs and everything else on your property next year because like, you're just begging for problems if you do something like that. Kids want candy. They don't want peanut butter crackers. They don't want cheese. It's no. They want candy. They want something they can get into. Reese's peanut butter cup. Now that's a winner. That's a winner year in year out. Okay. Skittles, M and M's. The bite size, Three Musketeers, Milky Way, uh, what's the, uh, Snickers, Twix, 
Twix. Any of that stuff. You're never going to go wrong with that shit. Once you start going with salted snacks, and please don't be the, the please don't be the family that gives out fruit. Okay, can you just grow up? It's Halloween. Okay, stop trying to change the world, please. I'm sorry. You want to give you want to give like a lower fat candy, like a Swedish fish or something like that. Okay, go ahead. But no one wants no, no kid wants fruit. They're gonna throw it back at you. They're gonna throw it through your fucking window. And if you have kids, they, those kids are now going to become outcasts. They're going to become fruit people. You're going to be the people that give out fruit on Halloween. That's it. The worst, no, the worst one I think would have to be Good and Plenty. That, that to me was always Good and Plenty or just something that wasn't candy in general. That to me just sucked on Halloween. That's all there was to it. And I, I almost got into one kid, and I kind of let him off the hook. But if you want to talk about having just some fucked up priorities, there's a kid that was looking for, and I know with GoFundMe and Kickstarter, I know that's become a part of our... Um, that's become a part of our culture. There's no question about that. I, I get that. And there's nothing wrong with going and trying to, you know, raise money for whatever endeavor you have. I know people are out there trying to do stuff, whether it's an online radio show, which I don't even ask money for. I don't even ask for money for. But, you know, whatever. You're doing a radio show. Maybe you're trying to build a house. Maybe whatever. But those things are best served for people who are, like, realistically have a chance at some sort of career in entertainment. You know, like who are actually good at doing their radio shows or something like that, which I see people out there asking for help, and I'm just like, you don't put any time into this shit. What are you talking about? You're not any good. I see people out there begging for money for professional golf careers that aren't even, that they're not even putting time into. And I see people putting, you know, asking for money for certain kinds of things that just are ridiculous. And you have the other extreme where there's people who are like, you know, who are sick. Like now they're going to try to raise money for the girl from Spring Valley High, which makes sense because the officer who obviously used a little too much force, even though she, even though she was being a pain in the ass by all accounts. Okay, she wasn't being enough of a pain in the ass to get a broken arm, probably. So apparently he broke her arm. She's an orphan. Her mother just passed away. She needs money. There's going to be a GoFundMe account for her. I'm sure she's going to get a ton of money for it. There's no question in my mind. And we've seen that happen before. But then there's a kid online last week asking for money for tickets to go to a Mets World Series game. I'm like, okay, does this kid have a story to tell? And I go on his Twitter page, and he's a season ticket holder to NYCFC. That's the shitty MLS soccer team. And he's a self-proclaimed Dunkin' Donuts addict. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Meanwhile, there's a hurricane making a beeline for the Mexican coast where you know people are going to be asking for donations for that shit. Okay, which obviously, you know, rightfully so. And he's and I wanted to say something about, you know, it's kind of tacky when there's a, a, a hurricane about to hit land. I'm not talking about Sandy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, the hurricane that just hit uh, Mexico. And I'm like, you're asking for money to go to a World Series game and you're a self-proclaimed Dunkin' Donuts addict? How much money do you spend at Dunkin' Donuts every day? And so I said, if the, guy, if the kid's got money for Dunkin' Donuts, you know what? It's his own problem that he can't go to the World Series. And I started getting shit for it. And I never threw the hurricane thing back in his face. I really didn't want to be mean. But I really started going back to being my mean self because this was really fucking dumb. And I, it, the, the two of them carried on one of those Twitter conversations where they keep mentioning me, but they're talking about me, but not talking to me. Like, I'm some kind of bad guy. Well, you know, people always have something negative to say. Dude, I wasn't even half negative. First of all, the, the girl defending the kid told me that Dunkin' Donuts costs like a dollar, dude. That's where, that's where The stuff at Dunkin' costs like a dollar, dude. No, it doesn't. Unless you're getting in a time machine and going back to fucking 1990, nothing at Dunkin' Donuts costs a dollar anymore. Okay, now I know this. I go to Dunkin' Donuts once in a while for one thing, and that's coffee. Their donuts to me are shit, they're overpriced, and whatever. But you people that are getting up every morning and dropping seven or eight bucks a pop at that place, and you're doing that times five times a week, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you're spending $1,500 to $2,000 a year at Dunkin' fucking Donuts. I make my own breakfast most of the time. I'll go out sometimes for it, depending on what's going on, but I usually make my own breakfast. 
Okay, coffee, I'll go out for. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to wait around for coffee to get made in my house. I don't want to deal with all that shit. You don't really save that much money on the K cups and everything anyway. I don't, I don't think. So I'll go to Dunkin' Donuts. I have a couple places in my town where I got coffee for cheaper than Dunkin' Donuts. But if you're gonna go have breakfast at a place like that every fucking day and then go beg people for money so you can go to the fucking World Series, are you fucking kidding me? And you already have season tickets to another team in town that completely fucking sucks. And even if you have tickets, the cheapest tickets to that game, you know how much stuff costs? The NYCFC plays at Yankee Stadium. And I've gone to NYCFC games. Nothing inside that stadium is cheaper during those soccer games. It's the same price for hot dogs and beer and everything else that they charge during Yankees games, which is exorbitant. And you're going to beg people for money to go to the World Series? There's people about to get wiped away by a fucking hurricane down in Mexico, and you think people should, instead of giving money down there, they should give money to you so you can go to the World Series? Okay, good. That makes sense. Just think about that. Next time you're enjoying your cinnamon swirls and your crawlers and your and your Oreo culottes, and, and don't even don't even let me see you with one of those in your fucking hand, okay? Which is basically a morning milkshake. But you want us to pay for you to go to the World Series? Okay, no problem. Let me know. Let me know what else you. I tell you, why don't I just do all your Christmas shopping for you too while I'm at it? Stop. Stuff at Dunkin' costs like a dollar, dude. No, it doesn't. The stuff at Dunkin' Donuts costs a lot more than a fucking dollar. You can spend your money on whatever shit you want to shovel into your stupid fucking face. You really can. Okay, but ju- but if you have the right to do that, I got the right to call you out for begging people to send you to the fucking World Series. Okay, manage your fucking money. Seriously. Probably the same person that spends $300 on their fucking Halloween costume. Who spends a couple hundred dollars a month feeding cats that don't appreciate it. Sorry. Some of you, some of you with your priorities are just a little bit off kilter. Might be why the country's not exactly thriving right now. Just saying. Um, I watched the GOP debate last night. The only thing I can tell you was this. Okay, and I'm not Republican and I'm not Democrat. I'm not, I'm not any of those things. Okay, I, I do think Hillary Clinton is a pretty bad person, but so are a lot of Republicans, though. So that's not a hero there. The GOP debate last night on CNBC was an embarrassment for that network, and it was terrible. And I'm glad the candidates actually got up and started calling these people out. Um, and eventually, the candidates, and it was, almost, it was kind of embarrassing to them, too. They started just doing what they wanted to and talking amongst themselves and just disregarding the moderators. But some of the questions were very silly. But the moderators themselves, if you're going to ask silly questions, that's fine. But let the guys answer the question, and Carly Fiorina too, guys and girls. Let them answer the questions the way they want to. My God, you don't ask a question in a presidential debate and then cut the person off or lead them into the answer that you want them to? I mean, it was it was so blatantly obvious that they had an agenda last night. It wasn't even funny to the point the crowd started getting on them. And Trump got him good, too. Trump said, listen, the, the woman says, well, wait a second. Where am I getting this story from? And Trump goes, I don't know. You people write this stuff, not me. The crowd starts going crazy. I thought that was really, I mean, I thought that was a real embarrassment for CNBC. That was terrible. And if you notice, at the bottom of the screen, they were saying, make your voice heard. And I noticed not once, but at least twice. There's a tweet from Seth MacFarlane making fun of the guys about how they should all sing a show tune at the end. I love Seth MacFarlane. I love a family guy. What place does that have on a presidential debate on the actual screen itself? He can tweet whatever he wants on Twitter. He's got millions of followers. They'll see it. That's what CNBC is putting up on the screen. And then they put a quote from Ron Insana, who used to be on their morning show for years, who's criticizing the candidates. Wait a second. Can you guys get some actual quotes from people out in the public? What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing here? I mean, that was that was that was obviously a complete railroad job that CNBC was trying to do. And they made fools out of themselves. You can do stuff like that and still be kind of professional. Not CNBC. Uh, that was embarrassing. Holy shit. Was that embarrassing? That was bad. It was tough to watch. It was real tough to watch. And something else, too. I don't care if it's Republicans or Democrats. We're getting down to a point now 
where Election Day is going to be next week, I think, right? I think next week is Election Day, right? It's enough already with all these fringe candidates. It's nothing against Rand Paul, even Chris Christie. They're not making any ground up in the polls. And I think we got to get these debates to a point where you can actually hear the candidates talking about stuff that's actually important. And I feel bad saying that because Chris Christie's the one that was calling them out yesterday saying, listen, you're asking questions about DraftKings and fantasy football, and we got problems with ISIS, we got problems with the deficit, we got problems with Al-Qaeda, we got people without jobs, and you're talking about fantasy football. Give me a break. At a certain point, though, they got to say, listen, if you don't have at least 5% or, or 8% or 10%, you can't be part of these debates anymore. There's just too many guys. There's just too, there's just too many people up there. I'm sorry, but there are. They're all yelling over each other. You got people complaining. You got people taking up debate time by complaining about the fact that they're not getting enough time. And I know they said they didn't want the debate to be three hours this time. They want it to be two hours. Well, you know what? You, you gotta you gotta figure something out here. You can't just let anybody who wants to be part of this debate be part of the debate. And especially these preliminary like opening act debates where they have like four guys talking who have no chance whatsoever talking before the rest of the candidates do in their own little mini debate. It's like it's like seriously like a JV debate. It's it just it's ridiculous. We can't do that, I'm sorry. For Republicans or Democrats, whoever it is, I doesn't I don't care. It's just you know you gotta get down to the point now where someone who actually has a shot to win are the people that we're seeing on TV. That's that's just my opinion, and I, and I think that it's the only thing that really makes sense. I'm sorry. There's too many people up there that have nothing to do with the outcome of this stuff. They really don't. I know some guys, you know, they want a shot at the, at the vice presidential nomination. I get all that, but still, enough. You know, enough. You have there's way, there's way too many people on these stages. I just became, I mean, but yesterday was just absolute chaos. And, you know, I don't, and I don't blame the candidates one bit for having a problem with the moderators whatsoever world series going on now obviously the mets up against it down two games um i said this on twitter yesterday and i'll say it again it's not panic time until you lose a third game that's just all there is to it you could be down 2-0 you could be down 2-1 you could be down you could be seriously tied 2-2 whatever okay once you're down 3-1 even 3-2 then it's all hands on deck. It, you know, it's a little bit of panic time. 3-2 is 3-2. It, it's a little bit. It's obviously not the same thing as being down 3-1. Definitely not the same thing as being down 3-0. The Mets simply have to win game three. That's all there is to it. Um, you win game three, you have a series. You don't win game three, the Royals look like, you know, they're just going to run away with it. The Royals look like the better team here. I picked Royals and Cubs to be in the World Series, so you didn't need, you didn't need me to tell you who I thought was going to win this series. Um, it was, and the Mets could still do it. The Mets could absolutely come back and win the series, no question about it. The, the, the key, basically, to these two teams getting here, for the Mets was winning game two against Arietta and the Cubs. The Cubs just did not hit. Once the Mets beat Arietta in game two and had DeGrom going in game three, boom, boom, that was basically all they needed to get to the World Series. The Royals had a tougher series against Toronto. If you looked at game six and you looked at the guy who scored the winning run in game six and Lonnie Kane and the way he went through that one at bat, okay, where he's up there, Fallon pitches off, he's taking every breaking pitch that's out of the strike zone. Lonnie Kane is on an, an at bat where he only did was walk. Looked like he was in total control the entire time against the guy who was throwing 97, 98 miles an hour. That's what the Royals do to you. That's what they do to you. I mean, the Blue Jays are all trying to hit the ball, at least half the lineup, trying to hit the ball, you know, 480 feet on you. The Royals are trying to control the at-bats, make the pitchers throw pitches, okay, and then when they get to the base pass, you know, they can all run. It seems like every single one of them can run, and you see how appropriate that Lonnie Kane has this, you know, great heads-up base running play, which starts with the fact that he's fast as lightning. That's, that's what it starts with. And it was really a mistake by Batista, by the way, which is a bad fundamental baseball move. That ball has got to go towards home plate. Once that ball goes towards second base, it was a no-brainer to send Lonnie Kane home. Okay, so, I mean, you see a guy score from first on a single, you know, two things happen. He's fast and something bad probably happened out there. 
Um, so it's not panic time for the Mets just yet. And listen, Mets fans, whatever happens, okay, can you take it like a man or take it like a woman and not like a little boy or a little girl, please? I'm already seeing sour grapes. I, no one cares that the Yankees aren't in the World Series and you are anymore. You're in the World Series. You're either going to win or you're going to lose. And when you start talking about the fact that the Yankees aren't in the World Series, you come across as just... You come across like you're not even a sports fan. You really don't. Okay, just calm down. Okay, and people are allowed to give you a little bit of shit if your team's not doing well. What do you want? I'm, and I really haven't given them shit at all. I mean, th- no one's really giving me a hard time. This really isn't about me, but I'm seeing some of the... Just the sour grapes out there. Uh, guys just really... I mean, just going just going crazy out there. You know, we know the Mets lost. Leave it alone, motherfucker. You know, come on, stop. Still a lot better than what the Yankees have done this year. Guys, you're in the World Series. You're going to win or you're going to lose. Just handle it with some dignity one way or the other. It's okay. It's okay if you lose a World Series. It happens. Teams lose. They had a great year. See, I think with the Mets fans, there's this feeling of impending doom because, A, they're Mets fans, and, B, because I think the Mets fan feels like it has to happen for them this year. I really believe that. They don't think they're going to keep Cespedes, even though he's not been great in the World Series. A lot of people don't think they're going to keep Daniel Murphy. Now, there are some people that do think they're going to keep Daniel Murphy. They believe that Daniel Murphy, by playing this well in the postseason, has basically made himself a Met for life. We'll see. I mean, that's, that's up to him. That's up to his agent. That's obviously up to the Mets. You know, what, what do the Mets want to offer him? What does his agent want to try to get? What does Daniel Murphy want to settle for? What does he want to agree to? Will he give them a hometown discount? There's a very good chance he might. He, you know, he seems like that kind of guy. But I'm not going to put that on him. It's not his responsibility to do that. You know, it's his, it's his right to do that if he so chooses. But it's not his responsibility to do that. And I think that the Mets fans now are getting a little antsy. There's a lot of people out here that think that Matt Harvey won't be back next year because they think the Mets are a little tired of his routine. Mets fans are getting a little antsy. You know, guys, you just have to, you know, at least enjoy the World Series. Now, it's tough It's tough if you get swept. If you lose game three, it's going to be tough for you to enjoy it. Okay? But think of how much joy this team has given you. I mean, to get in the playoffs, you had a tra- fantastic playoff run. Okay? You swept the Cubs. I mean, you got past the Dodgers. A lot of people didn't think you would get past the Dodgers because of Kershaw and Granke. It's not over yet. It's not. But I'll tell you one thing. The Mets have got to score runs early in these games, and that's all there is to it. I'm watching last night, and I'm watching DeGrom and Johnny Cueto trade scoreless innings, and I'm saying, you know, the Royals will do this all day, all night, every day, every night for this entire series because once he gets to the bullpen, there is a ridiculous advantage in favor of the Royals. You know, the Mets have not been able to hit these guys yet because a lot of guys can't hit these guys. So, you know, the Mets the Mets have got to score runs early. That's all there is to it. But Mets fans, just take it in stride. You know, act like you've been there before. I know most of you haven't. I get that. It's okay. I hear you. But just act like you've been there before. I mean, stop with the sour grapes. Like, everybody's out to get you. Not everyone's out to get you. My God. Oh. It's the World Series. Someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. And the team that loses, yeah, it sucks. But you know what? That someone's got to. And it looks like this year, you know, it very well could be you. So far, it's definitely going to be you. But, we, you know, all you got to do is win game three. You got yourself a series. But just act like a fucking adult. All right, real quick. We got to get to footballs. We're running um, we're running late here. The show's probably going to go a little bit overtime. So that's just how it is. Um, college football, you had a lot going on last Saturday. A lot. Um, real, real quick. Florida State 
probably done for the year now. Georgia Tech sucks. I mean, Georgia Tech really fucking sucks. They were dominated by Notre Dame. They were already dominated by Clemson, if I'm not mistaken. Once again, you see special teams in college football coming back to haunt somebody. Okay, special teams now is about as bad as ever. Why? It's not glamorous. A lot of kids don't want to play it. A lot of kids aren't good at it. You know, the kicking's not something that people specialize in. And you know what? There's a limit on practice time now. The coaches are not allowed to make their kids practice for 90 hours a week anymore. Okay, so there's a limit on how much work they're going to do on special teams. It's still absurd how bad it is. It really is. It's really become a liability at the end of games. Special teams play is what cost Michigan the game against Michigan State. Now, is Michigan really a playoff contender? No. But Florida State certainly was if they were able to win the ACC undefeated. Okay? Florida State tries a 56-yard field goal, I think, and gets a return for a touchdown, loses the game. Maybe they would have lost it over time, but probably not. They're a better team than, than Georgia Tech is, but without question. Now Florida State's probably done just because they're coming out of the ACC. That's just the bottom line. Miami gets destroyed at home by Clemson, who this is a Clemson team coming into that game, was given up 17 yards per passing, per completion for the last three games against what's supposed to be a pretty good Miami quarterback, okay? They get absolutely rolled at home. I think it was 42-0 at halftime, something like that. Twitter starts going crazy, including Warren Sapp. And when the guy who's been arrested this year because a hooker called the cops on him and because it, because he fit, got physical with his own girlfriend, okay, when that's the guy who's embarrassed by your play, okay, something might be wrong there. Okay, Al Golden out uh, as the coach. Uh, I think we could see that coming. When they start flying a plane over the stadium that says the pilot has as many top 25 wins as you, you know you're probably in trouble. And it was probably a long time coming. And quite frankly, I don't see how that's that great of a job anymore. It just isn't. They're in the ACC. They don't get a lot of respect nationally. Um, they can't get away with nearly the shit they used to get away with back in the 80s or 90s where, don't get me wrong, nobody can. The stadium's not that great. The fans don't really turn out. I mean, it just doesn't seem like that great of a job anymore. I don't know who's going to get the job, but... You know, they haven't even really been able to be a, a prominent program in the ACC now for the last few years. Um, I just, I think that job, to me, that job is overrated. That's just my opinion. Um, Alabama was actually lucky to win against Tennessee. A very sloppy game, especially on defense. Missed tackles, lazy, very uncharacteristic of Alabama. Tennessee is a team on the come up and a very dangerous team. A team that's probably going to get more dangerous as the year, as the year goes on. Um, just, just simple fact they got a lot of young players two freshmen on the right side of their offensive line a young quarterback they got some talent on that team they're going to be a team to be dealt with in the next couple years in the SEC I don't care if Alabama and LSU are there or not Tennessee is going to be a very dangerous team and Alabama was very very fortunate to win and keep their hopes alive for a national title Utah USC I told you that that was going to be the most fascinating game of the day again if you want to follow me on Twitter BC aka the man I said the most fascinating game of the day was Utah USC for some reason the line started ballooning up uh, at one point it got uh, close to USC minus 7 I think at some places it hit 7 and people couldn't believe that with an undefeated Utah team if you want to know why that was very simple Utah had faced an okay schedule, not a great schedule. USC looks like a brand new team with a head coach that can actually pass a field sobriety test when he shows up for practice and the games. And that's another rumor going around about Steve Sarkeesian that being drunk at practice wasn't even as bad as it got. I don't want to get further into it because I don't want to spread rumors that aren't true. Again, if it is true, we'll find out about it. We can make fun of them all we want when that happens. Um, this was by far the best quarterback that Utah faced all year. And Utah's quarterback was sloppy, which is very uncharacteristic. Very, very, uh, it was very, very unusual. Thus, you got a blowout by the Trojans. And one more thing from college football, Seth Russell. I told you he was going to get lit up sometime this year. Art Bryles likes to impress voters by publicly shaming his opponents. Okay, he would make losing teams leave the stadium naked if he could. That's how much he likes humiliating opponents. He's up big on Iowa State. They drop back to pass and keep trying to air it out against him, trying to run up the score. Next thing you know, linebacker comes right up the middle. They're in a, a nickel or a dime package. They got one linebacker up the middle. He comes through untouched, slams Seth Russell to the ground, where the first thing to hit the ground is his shoulders. Next thing you know, 
broken uh, bone in his neck after the season. And that's a guy who was basically the second favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. So he's going to cost the kid a trip to New York. He's going to cost him a chance at the Heisman Trophy, maybe a chance at the National Championship. And I told you guys on the show, and I wish I was wrong. I don't like being right about shit like this, but that's just how it is. Okay, teams aren't going to put up with you airing the ball out on them when you're up by 28 points. Okay, someone was going to do something about it, and you know what? Iowa State was able to, and it's a shame that they were, but they were. Uh, NFL, Sammy Watkins accomplished one thing, uh, living up to the dumb, ungrateful athlete, the immature stereotype. Um, he was crude, insanely disrespectful. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the Instagram post where he called out Buffalo fans for having um, their, quote, little jobs and their little lives, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he should be fined and not by the league by the team probably get a one game suspension completely completely unacceptable to talk to fans like that the fans whether you like it out with their little jobs those fans are the ones paying for your ridiculous salary especially when you're not even fucking playing okay Greg Hardy making a scene on the sideline at MetLife Stadium um, Greg Hardy has no conscience I mean the guy just came back and he can't even pretend to be on his best behavior. Okay, the Cowboys absolutely knew the deal, what they were getting, getting themselves into, and he's living up to his reputation. The Cowboys deserve it. I, I really don't care. Um, and the Cowboys got enough problems right now. They miss Romo. They miss Des Bryant. The last thing they need is this guy. And you know what? You hear Brandon Marshall on Inside the NFL a couple days ago talking about um, how he just doesn't think Greg Hardy gets it right now. He doesn't understand that, that people are looking at him, that he's in the spotlight because of what he's done. Brandon Marshall gets it because Brandon Marshall's been that guy. Brandon Marshall's never done anything nearly as bad as Greg Hardy. Who, if you don't know at this point, I don't know where you've been, but Greg Hardy threw his girlfriend a pile of loaded guns while beating the shit out of her um, a couple years ago. Um, was found guilty at trial. Should have gone to jail if not for the system in North Carolina, which is a very strange system. He's not even grateful to be out of jail, it doesn't seem like. he's not. Never mind the fact that he's not grateful to be in the NFL. I mean, he could have been behind bars for, you know, a decade. And rightfully so. I mean, but he, he just doesn't care. And I understand he's the heat of the moment, passion and that stuff. There's a line that has to get drawn. I'm sorry. And you know what? He's got to know his place. And his place right now is not to be mouthing off and certainly not to be getting physical with players and or coaches on his own sideline. Again, Cowboys signed him. You know what? Let the Cowboys deal with him. That's all there is to it. You think coaching changes don't matter in the NFL? Take a look at the Dolphins, who get a real test in New England now on Thursday Night Football. That'll be the toughest one. And I know that it's just Houston, and I know that it was just Tennessee that they've blown out the last two weeks, but still, they've been a completely different team since getting rid of Philbin. Um, they beat up a completely broken Houston team. They're up 41-0 in this game. The final score wasn't really that bad, but they were up 41 to nothing at halftime. Um, and by the way, Houston... Houston coach Bill O'Brien had to be talked out of cutting Ryan Mallett before the game. Ryan Mallett now the backup, now the second string quarterback. The reason that's interesting is two things. Number one, Ryan Mallett missed a flight, um, missed a flight to the game, okay, which is not the first time he's fucked up. He slept through a practice a few weeks ago. He was their starter three weeks ago. Bill O'Brien had to be talked out of cutting him. Why is that interesting? Well, it wouldn't have been so interesting. I mean, you would have understood, hey, listen, we've had it with you. We're going to cut you. He was their only backup quarterback for the game. He still wanted to cut him. That tells you how much they've had it with his shit. Ryan Mallett is out of Houston. Houston is obviously a broken team. It's not working out for them right now with Bill O'Brien. Arian Foster's are gone, too, so they're in for more heartache. Um, two things this week. Looking up to the week ahead in the NFL, it's rare you see two 6-0 teams play each other especially where one is that much better than the other but you've got um the broncos 
home against the Packers. I think that's the case. I think the Packers are much better. You go ahead and lay three points if you want to bet that game. The other game you want to take a look at right here is the, and this is only a Big Ben plays. This is only if Roethlisberger plays will this game be fascinating. Otherwise, the line's going to go way up, whatever. I'm not suggesting you bet the game. You got the Bengals going into Pittsburgh to play the Steelers to see if Dalton can win a big game on the road. That's all the time we got this week on the Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out FableLabel.com. FableLabel, the most popular the t-shirt, modern innovative designs allowing you to stand up in the crowd today. If you're not a fan of FableLabel, trust me, you soon will be. Facebook.com slash the Air Attack. Twitter, BC, a.k.a. The Man. This is Chase Allen. Start tonight. I am BC The Man. See you guys next week on the Air Attack. So